0: And joining me right now here on the phone line, as he does every Thursday, he's Mr. 321 with the Florida Today newspaper. He's Mr. Tim Walters. Cue his music.
1: There's no I in team, but there is in Tim.
0: How's bowling going on Monday then?
1: <laughs> Not very good. I talk about it on my podcast. On my podcast, podcast. I love it when a plan comes together.
0: Mr. Tim Walters, how you doing today, buddy?
1: Doing great, Mark. Great day to be alive. But then again, isn't every day a great day to be alive?
0: All right, Mr. Rogers, let's get right into it. Sunday, this past Sunday, was the 75th birthday of the nature boy, Ric Flair. You on this show have told the story how you met Ric Flair at the Melbourne auditorium probably about 75 times. What are your thoughts on the nature boy? 16 time world champion. Ric Flair is 75 years old.
1: He made it that far, Mark.
0: I know. It's, doesn't it, doesn't it boggle your mind? All the wrestlers who have passed away over the years, but somehow Ric Flair is still alive with his lifestyle.
1: Yeah, And and sadly, we lost another one yesterday uh, in Virgil, who started out as the bodyguard for the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. He was also called Vincent in WCW, and he uh, was part of the NWO late. But, you know, sad when that type of news hits. And then you also see, uh, you you know, uh, just how Ric Flair at 75 years old, how many of these guys he's outlived. It's crazy.
0: So this weekend, I think in North Carolina – There is a pay-per-view where Sting is going to have his retirement match. I looked it up. I know you're big in research, so I brought the thunder as well. Sting is 65 years old, and then his manager that night is going to be 75-year-old Ric Flair. Man, you and me, we're a bunch of whippersnappers compared to these guys.
1: Yeah, and you know what? At seventy five and sixty-five, those two would beat the tar out of you and I if we were to take them on in a tag team match. All right, all right, all right,
0: all right. I like this scenario. Who do you take on? Like we're the tag team. Do I fight Sting or Ric Flair? Who do you want?
1: Yeah, I'd let you take on Sting because uh I want to see if I can still absorb a Ric Flair chop.
0: <laughs> I take the Stinger splash. That's what you're saying.
1: I gotta take it on.
0: Oh man. What year did you meet Ric Flair at the Melbourne Auditorium?
1: Oh, boy, that's now going back, uh, I want to say 2013 sounds about right. So it was 11 years ago, January of 2013. And he was there because his daughter was uh, just starting out, and she was with NXT, and he was doing an autograph signing that night. And so he came out to the ring with her, and she ended up fighting another uh, person who became prominent, Paige, in the main event that night. And she, of course, won. And then afterwards, I went back to the locker room. I was supposed to have an interview with him. But his assistant told me that he was eating and he would be out in about a half an hour. So I had to just sit backstage for a while. And then he came out and he's like licking his chops. He asked me if he had any food in his teeth. But then he was ready to go. He did a videotaping uh, interview, him and his daughter, each standing on either side of me. It's a great visual because... Charlotte's about a half a foot taller than me, and Rick, he wasn't all that much taller than me. He was just so thick and meaty and leathery looking, but it was just, it was a great experience.
0: <laughs> We're with Tim Walters. It's like you're telling the police, all right, give us the description of the individual. What did you just say about Ric Flair? Leathery? Is that what you
1: said? Yeah, I believe I said he was thick, meaty, and leathery. <laughs> it's
0: like beef jerky. That's
1: what he is. <laughs> What
0: was he wearing in this situation?
1: Uh, I mean, he was just wearing, actually, it's funny. The picture of he and I standing together, we're both wearing a very similar Oxford-type button-down. His is just a lighter blue to my darker blue. But it's still, it's hanging right here in front of me, Mark. I'm just looking at it and smiling.
0: Can you imagine living in a world... Where Ric Flair is your real father, not a wrestling storyline, but your actual biological father, and the traits that he has have been passed down to you. Could you live in that world, Tim?
1: Oh, it would just be such a bizarre experience, <laughs> but I think it would be it would be amazing, Mark. I mean, and and I'm sure he's learned a lot over time, and you know he lost a son along the way, yeah. so he's certainly seen his hardships. He's lived a hard and crazy right. life. He's been married. I don't know, what, about 10, 12 times? No. no, I don't think it's that many. But, you know, he's, uh, as he said, he's been up and down the road, brother. But you know what? 75 years old, he's still here.
0: He's the dirtiest player in the game. I don't know if you know this. He'll say it to your face. Oh,
1: Just the best. He's a kiss-stealing, wheeling, dealing son of a gun. <laughs> I
0: I really mean this. If we meet him again, well, me for the first time, you, you're better than me, as we know, as the running joke on this show if he's like, hey, you guys want to get a drink with the Nature Boy, we have to go. I know we've discussed this before. If there's no, I don't care what's going on. Oh, my daughter's got some soccer practice. Don't care. Cancel it. We're going drinking with the Nature Boy. Right, Tim?
1: Oh, yeah. That would be one of those times where, I, yeah, I would certainly uh – Flair over family, you know, maybe I'd wear a T-shirt that says that. But, you know, and I believe I've told this story before, Mark, but I'll also tell it again. That wasn't my first meeting with Ric Flair. When I was 18 years old, uh, right after I graduated high school, uh, a group of our senior class members were doing the annual trip to Cancun. And so we're down at the Miami airport and we're walking through the Miami airport. And I'm with a friend of mine, still lives here in Brevard County, named Dan Daniels. And he taps me on the shoulder. Dan was a big guy. He played football at UCF. He taps me on the shoulder and he goes, is that Ric Flair? And I turned around and I scream, oh, my God, it's Ric Flair. Woo! And he turns and he gave us the biggest smile. And then Dan, who was a little taller than him, looked at him and he goes, hey, Rick, want to (laughs) wrestle? It was just hilarious.
0: (laughs) I can't beat that story. You're in Cancun and you meet Ric Flair.
1: What? Miami Airport flying to Cancun. Oh, oh. Wow.
0: Yeah, I, that's, yeah, I can't compete with that. So now you need to meet him for a third time. That's what we need to do. Three times a charm.
1: Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. The first time was just a chance meeting. The second time he had just gotten done eating. The third time we're going drinking with him.
0: I need you to know something. I watched Crocodile Dundee the other day. It was randomly on YouTube, and I bring this up because Ric Flair, uh, again, dirtiest player in the game. I did not know this. I like Crocodile Dundee. I like that movie. I, I, I think it's just a great movie to watch, and it holds up, and I've always known the story where Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, he eventually marries his on-air co-star, that woman, I, whatever her name is. I can't think of it. I did not know this till recently in the movie. He is 20 years older than that woman in real life. And they have a romantic relationship on screen and off screen. He's remember dirtiest player in the game. It might be Paul Hogan. He's 20 years older than her. He falls in love with her. The problem is he was married with five children at the time that, my friend, that's dirtiest player in the game. I'm sorry. I just have to let you know that. It blows my mind.
1: <laughs> yes, her name was Linda Kozlowski. And, yes, he was considerably older than her. But I do enjoy that movie. With uh, It's got I a brief it. appearance in it by, uh, what was his name, Colin? Uh, oh, gosh, the guy that was on MTV. I can't remember his name either.
0: No, Carl Winslow's in it. He's also in that. You know what I mean? From Family Matters. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he's in. He's in. So he's in. Um, you think about this. He's in Family Matters with Urkel. He's in Die Hard, and he's in Crocodile Dundee. That's a hell of a career, buddy. You can't compete with that.
1: You can't. No, no. I just want to be a voice, a voice actor in a Disney movie. That's my dream. I just want a bit part.
0: <laughs> Again, let's go over this. You're married with. Five children. Five. Tim, you have one child. Five children and you're married. and You're like, nah, I'm, I'm just going to be with this woman over here. Unbelievable. I, you know what? Ric Flair would be proud of this. I'm sorry I have to say this on my show, but Ric Flair should be proud of Crocodile Dundee. That's
1: all I'm going to say. I like it. <laughs> well, save that for your interview and you can ask <laughs> me how proud Paul Hogan makes it. <laughs> He's 20 years older.
0: Oh, man. Good times for all. Yeah, I like that Crocodile Dundee. I like the second movie. Not a fan of the third movie. Have you seen it from the early 2000s?
1: No, actually, I didn't even realize that oh. there was a third movie, which is crazy. But I I enjoyed the second one where they actually go to Australia and uh, they're, they're fighting. I believe it's drug dealers. I haven't seen yes. the movie in a long time. But uh, Paul Hogan, 84 years old.
0: 84 years old. Yeah, the second one. It's Colombian drug lords and they're trying to kill Mick and his woman. So he's like, we need to hide. So they go back to the bush as the Australians call it, the outback. And then two seconds later, the Colombian drug lords show up. They're that powerful. They could fly across the globe and find them in two seconds. That's movie magic, Tim. That's right.
1: <laughs> well, you'll, you'll have to have the same, uh, the same henchman when you become a uh, Colombian drug lord. I like it. I do.
0: Um, I like also in movies where no one has jet lag in any scene. It drives me crazy. <laughs> no one. Here's what I like in movies. No one has jet lag and no one ever has to go to the bathroom. It's why it's a fantasy world. And it, it just it angers me at times. It does. It's ridiculous. All right. Let's talk soccer postseason. What is the latest on Vieira boys and girls as they're both going for a state championship?
1: Yeah, sadly, yesterday in the early game, 10 a.m., the Vieira girls lost to Eastlake 1-0 in the state semifinal round. Mm. So the girls will not be playing for a state championship. But then later that night, the uh, boys won 2-1, to and they will be taking on South Broward on Saturday at 1 p.m. at Speck Martin Stadium in DeLand. Uh, they're trying to go back-to-back, Mark. The boys nice. won the state title last year and they could win the 6a title again this year so for those who have nothing to do saturday make the drive up to the land cheer on the Vieira boys hopefully they bring home back-to-back state soccer titles
0: that is very nice and then we're in full swing for i don't know, pun on words baseball and softball for high school correct tim
1: yes everything's getting underway we also uh we don't want to forget the wrestlers because they're out yeah. there working really hard too. So there's a state wrestling this Saturday, and basketball, even though we don't have any teams left in Brevard, uh, basketball is working their way toward the end of the season next Saturday, March 9th. But, yeah, now we've got baseball, we've got softball, track and field's about to get going. And, Mark, tomorrow is March 1st. Where, where's the year going? And before you know it, the school year's going to be over. But so many things before then. We've got spring break coming up. We've got the NFL combine going on right now. I've got people up there. And we've got the draft. So, you know, the, the spring, it's a fun time. The weather's starting to warm up. So, so many things to look forward to. All
0: right, I'm going to put you on the spot, even though we were just talking Crocodile Dundee for no reason. We're here with Tim Walters, Florida Today. I had this discussion on Tuesday. I've not had a chance to discuss it with you. There are rumblings of name, image, and likeness for high school athletes in Florida. I am against it because they're under 18. I just don't believe in it. You cover all levels of sports. What is your thoughts on name, image, and likeness for high school athletes?
1: Well, I mean, Mark, this has kind of been going on for a long time, but mostly within private institutions where they'll pluck a kid from, you know, a public high school, offer them some sort of scholarship, you know, private schools, high schools cost eighteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars 20000 $25,000 or more. So you're essentially paying them anyhow to come play for it. So now I guess it's kind of leveling the field. I mean, we have high schools in this county, like Coco, that are Nike schools. So you're receiving things that other schools may not because you're a top. So, you know, if the if the local, you know, Skip's bait and Tackle or Bob's Burger Barn wants to, you know, uh, pay a kid to, to go to a high school, look, it's coming. There's no way to stop it. So you may as well legalize it at this point. Uh, do I think that it's going to be as drastic as colleges or things like that? No, because I mean, a lot of these kids. I mean, what are you, you're trying to get a ninth, tenth, eleventh grader to move schools, but how financially solvent is it to actually do that with kids that age? Now it's when the colleges get involved and they start offering the high school kids money before they've graduated high school. You know, is there tampering involved? I don't know, but it's it's coming. So I'm just glad that the FHSA is trying to at least figure out some way to regulate it or legislate it, or it's going to be as awful. As it is in colleges right now, just uh, maybe with a little less money involved. You know, you're not going to see like with DJ Lagway, the Gators five-star quarterback commit, who supposedly got you know whatever it was more than a million dollars, and he receives a hundred thousand dollars or more per month uh, to uh, be on Florida's campus. I don't think we'll see that with the star high school quarterback, but they may get I don't know. four figures, five figures. But yeah, I mean, I, I think. And how do you tax those things? Can you only do it for kids that are 18? You can have a job at 16. I started working at Arby's when I was 16. So why can't a sophomore in high school receive money if they're playing wide receiver? You know, um, so there's just so much that goes into it, Mark. It's coming. So they may as well be ready for it.
0: And then what? Then we're giving name, image, and likeness to a 12-year-old who's in seventh grade. Where does it end after a while?
1: Well, my daughter's nine. She's a very talented goalie. So uh Mark, there there's plenty of products we can hawk for uh goalies. So uh if you're out there listening, journalists equal poor people, help us.
0: Oh. And what about what you said where uh high school private high schools might be twenty thousand a year?
1: What? It's so ridiculous. I'm sorry. But uh, well, I'll tell you, Mark, and I, I won't uh I won't uh indict any of our schools in Brevard County, but when we were looking when because my daughter does go to a private school when we were looking at some of the more high-end ones here in Brevard County, there was one where kindergarten was close to, I think it was $12,000. For what? It was like, oh, so, boy. <laughs> so they can watch Bluey?
0: What are you doing for $12,000 in the kindergarten? To, the face painting? Is it to, we're doing Monet's after a while? What
1: is this? It's ridiculous. Uh, hey, and at, once you get past the elementary age, that tuition jumped Incredibly, mark into the twenties, so I'm telling you there are some schools around here that uh you know that maybe that's why parents uh are willing to accept that and have their kids go to that school, so you know for those who can't you know they may as well be able to uh you know take something from from the local uh you know local whatever auto dealer so right. uh and so again, some of those things have already gone on usually under the table. Now it can be over the table, and maybe the government can get some tax money out of it. This is my thing
0: I said on Tuesday, and I know I'm very brash when I say this. Uh, Just make sure you learn to read and write when you go to school, all right? I know you want to play sports, but I have horrible news for a lot of student-athletes. Most of you, 99% of you, are not going professional. You're not. So make sure... You take advantage of that education you're getting as well and not, Oh, well, I'm going to make a thousand dollars to support this sandwich. I, I know I'm on my soapbox here, but like some of this stuff is getting out of hand, Tim. And that's just my opinion.
1: Yeah. They shouldn't be giving NIL to kids. They should only be giving it to people like you and I, Mark. Yes.
0: I like it. <laughs> let's, let's go to this. So you're 16 years old. You're working at Arby's here in Brevard County. Are you just like. Are you, do you have the Letterman's jacket on, driving a Camaro? What, what is this, Tim Walters? I need to meet this individual.
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, one of the things why I'm I'm okay with athletes getting NIL deals is because, I mean, look, I, I obviously didn't have the athletic prowess to, to be very good in high school, but I also had to work. You know, that was part of it. And kids who are good athletes, who are after school, who are giving their times to these things, they can't take after school jobs. They can't do things to earn money. So I'm, again, I'm, I'm okay with kids earning money, uh, because they are, they're working hard. I mean, kids that play football, the girls that play volleyball and soccer, you know, the amount of work that they put in, uh, I, I'm okay with them recouping some of their losses if, you know, uh, if, if the local gas station wants to have you, you know, wear a, a patch for their sandwich on your shirt or get, you know, maybe get a tattoo on your forearm, Mark.
0: No, I'm good. All right. And by the way, uh, I'm not going to any uh, seven-on-seven tournaments where people are trying to beat up Cam Newton. Did you see this story?
1: Yeah. You know what amazed me is that somehow (laughs) somehow Cam, I mean, he was just, like, tossing people around and fending them off and using their momentum again. He never actually threw a punch. No. Because he knew all it took was him just mangling one of these guys. So instead, and those were big dudes, like, to me and you, those are big dudes. But Cam Newton, people don't realize the statue of that giant. I mean, what is he? Six foot five and two hundred seventy pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's literally like attacking the rock. Like you don't want to do that. And so I don't know who these meatheads thought they were. But Cam's like got one guy behind him, and he's throwing in a you know he's pushing another guy down, and his hat somehow never moves. It's like not a boy, Cam. I mean, I, that, that's doing it the right way because he knew. He knew all he's got to do is just, you know, break one guy's jaw and he's screwed. So props to him for fending off those morons. And I hope people see you don't attack a professional athlete who's a giant.
0: NFL defensive players had problems trying to tackle Cam Newton. You're just some guy
1: (laughs) who's there. It's so wild.
0: Does that happen when you're in Vieira and you're at girls soccer? Are people trying to attack you like it's an 80s action movie?
1: Yeah, in fact, one time I was approached by the Van Buren boys, but luckily I knew their <laughs> secret symbol, so they left me alone.
0: That's what happened? <laughs> see, what's funny, when you see that video with Cam Newton, at first you think it's like like high school kids are attacking him. No, those are full-grown adult men who didn't really, like you said, they didn't plan it out. They didn't. And everyone's, everyone's filming it also. Everyone. This is so stupid. I do a segment, This Day and Dumb. That might be up there for nominee for Day and Dumb Man of the Year. Right there. That's what it is. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, Before I let you go, what are you working on podcast-wide or articles? What's going on, buddy?
1: Oh, we got all sorts of great stuff. So as you know, Mark, the last couple of weeks I had some good baseball ones with Andre Dawson and Art Shamsky. This week, I had on our Palm Beach Post golf expert, Tom D'Angelo, who is telling us about the Cognizant Classic, which uh, started today down there in Palm Beach Gardens. And then I have a podcast that's dropping tomorrow with Fred Funk, who many may remember from the PGA Tour, and he won the Players' Championship. And I'm interviewing him about that because on the 14th of March starts the 50th anniversary Players' Championship. So I'll be up in Jacksonville for four days for that. And Fred Funk gave me a great interview, just a a wonderful guy, great storyteller. I mean, you know, he he actually could tell you a golf story and have you hang on every word, but that's because if you look back at the history of how he won the Players' Championship on a Monday, uh, looking with bad weather, he had to play half his round from Sunday on Monday, and then he also had to play a full round Monday, and he made just this incredible putt to stave off a three-way tie to win the Players' Championship under awful conditions. So, you know, he he retells that story. He talks about this years, talks about his time on there. And so, really good interview with Fred Funk. And then uh, after that, I'll have our our Times Union expert, Gary Smith. He's going to be on the podcast because we're doing some fun things around the 50th anniversary of the Players. We're naming our 50 best golfers from all 50 states. Uh, so that's going to start coming out on March 4th, and we're going to roll them out across the state. So you'll be seeing those in the pages of Florida today. There's uh, five parts with 10 golfers each day. We're doing this cool story a couple of weeks down the line here, Mark, that's going to look like, what will the Players' Championship look like 50 years from now? And we've talked to technology experts and all these other crazy To hear all these crazy things that people say will be happening in golf 50 years from now. And then also, the Players' Championship ends on St. Patrick's Day. So we're going to be looking at the greatest uh, Irish golfers in the history of the game. So lots of really fun stuff around the 50th anniversary of the Players' Championship up at TPC Sawgrass, Ponte Vedra Beach near Jacksonville. So looking forward to all of that, Mark.
0: All right. Quick question. Who has a better name? You brought up two interesting names today. Fred Funk. Or what did you say your buddy's name? Dan Daniels?
1: What was it? That that is what his name was. Yes, we called him Danny Daniels. But nowadays, I believe he goes by Dan because he's a little more professional. But, yeah, Dan Daniels, Fred Funk. uh,
0: Yeah, what's a better name? Fred Funk's a better name.
1: Oh, yeah, Fred Funk, Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I I didn't ask him, but uh, I should have. Uh, see if he was related to uh, Terry and Dory Funk, but I don't yeah. think he
0: is. It's like my cousin, where his whole life he's Joey. We always call him Joey, and then he finally put his foot down. He's like, "I'm Joe now." Oh, really? You're Joe now? Okay, I got the memo. All right. You know what I'm gonna? You know what? I'm going by Mark Gerard to sound more French and be a jerk on the air because that's my middle name. <laughs> can I do that moving forward? Can you address me as this?
1: Well, Mark Gerard, I I suppose I can. You, you don't want to be Marky, just like I don't oh. want to be Timmy. Timmy sounds like a little kid whose hats on crooked and who needs a haircut. Hey, Timmy, come here. So what? you don't want to be Marky. I don't want to be Timmy. So uh, you can be Mark Gerard, and I'll stick with Mister Three Two One.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a Formula One driver from France. I'm Mark Gerard.
1: Uh, yeah, I like this.
0: I do. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, before I let you go, I know you've you got to go here in a second. And we're here at Tim Walters, Florida Today. What ever happened to that Florida man competition you previewed months ago? Did that ever
1: happen? It did. It happened uh, It was either last weekend or two weekends ago. It made it on CNN, Mark. Somebody shared, texted me a screen grab, and they're like, look, your event made it. And it was obviously these guys wearing these awful short jean shorts with mullets, redneck, because it was part of the mullet competition. But, yes, this went on. The Times Union covered it. We had a photographer there. We had a reporter there. So if you go to Jacksonville.com and type in Florida Man Games, you can find a photo gallery of all the ridiculousness and read up on it. But, yes, it actually happened, Mark. Nice. It made CNN.
0: I think on Facebook, I'm going to write a post that says, you can now call me Mark Gerard, And I bet you I'll get 200 comments of people destroying me. Do you think
1: it would happen? <laughs> I think so. Well, from now on, I, I feel like if I'm going to call you that, I'm going to have to say it more a oh, it's Mark Gerard.
0: Well, everyone calls me Mark Moses, including my relatives, who have the same last name as me. It's very bizarre.
1: Oh. But yeah, you've got one of those names where you always seem to put the two names together, Mark Moses, because... There's too many Marks in the world, yeah. and there's only one other Mark Moses I know of.
0: It's like Fred Funk. His name is Tim Walters, Florida Today newspaper. My man, thanks for your help, and have a great day.
1: I appreciate it, Mark, and if I ever learn golf, I'm going to go to funk you.